Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Unofficial Shopify Podcast. This time, coming to you from my living room on a Sunday morning with my wife, and we're both in pajamas because we're keeping it real, and I didn't feel like getting dressed today. My wife recently, if you've been following along, has launched her own Shopify store, and it has been a fantastic and difficult journey in just the short time she's been doing it, in which... She is putting into practice all the things I've been talking about and what she learned from her previous online business. And I have been getting to go through the process of starting a Shopify store with and going through the the emotional experience of it, as well as the literal experience of trying to do brand activation and launch in social media marketing, etc. along with her, which I've been enjoying in the software world, we would call this dog fooding, where we have to eat our own dog food, right? So I'm preaching to you for years, here's how the best way to run your store. Now I'm, I'm living it in my own house. We are running our own store. It is 80% hers. I am 20% involved. So I want to make it clear she deserves the majority of the credit. And here even, I don't know if it's in frame, but my cat has joined us. <laughs> okay. Julie Elster. Yes. Mrs. Elster. Hi. What is your, your Shopify <laughs> store? It is double your WDW. That's a mouthful. Double your WDW's Walt Disney World. So this is a Walt Disney World planning website to help. Really, I'm, I'm aiming for first time Disney World travelers, or if you haven't been in a long time, the goal of the website is to help first time travelers. Okay. Why are you doing that? Because I love Disney World. I love it. I've, I had another business before this that was successful, but I hated it. I couldn't stand it anymore. Well, tell us about that, your previous business. So the previous business was called Just Tell Julie, and it was insane how it started. So I worked like a corporate nine to five job that I did not like anymore. Like I just grown tired of it. I had two kids at the time and I didn't, I just, the corporate environment and the particular place where I was working was not positive. And so I wanted to do anything to try and get out of that. And I had been helping you actually with some of your invoicing needs because people like to take advantage of freelancers and not pay them. So I would call people on your behalf and very politely try to set up payments. And I was very successful at it. And then you mentioned it to somebody and somebody mentioned it to somebody. And next thing I knew, I was making this side money. And I thought, what if I can ramp this up and do this for a living? So long story short, that's what I ended up doing to a point where I was able to quit my job. So that was great. The problem is it wasn't sustainable because I hated it. I could not stand it. So like I was able to create a a successful business, but if it's not something you're passionate about, I don't know that it's going to take you very far. You're going to get burned out. I think a a rule we've seen, one of the the success hallmarks of entrepreneurs in, we're up to nearly 200 episodes here, um, is that they start off with passion. Yeah. Yeah, So if they don't have that passion, it doesn't work. Yeah, you can't be like, well, everybody's selling subscription boxes, so I'm just going to do it if you don't give a crap about what you're selling. And so I think that's really important. So just till Julie, I I guess it started with some passion, but mostly my motivation was to just to not be working corporate anymore. That was my sole motivation. I wasn't, I didn't love calling deadbeats. Like that wasn't something I loved doing. Now I loved helping people and I loved teaching people. And so that's something I've been able to take to this new business. But the new business is something that I am actually passionate about. 
where I can use these other things that I enjoyed with Just Tell Julie. So with Just Tell Julie, you decided to blow up that business. And I'll tell you the way we did it was we redirected all of the traffic from JustTellJulie.com to the new domain. So hopefully we get some some link juice passes through because right. that site had a lot of, yeah, that lot of elements just, to it. That thing just went viral. It was crazy. So trying to get started with this new business has been very, very different. I'll say that. Okay, let's go with that. Okay. You started with, uh, Just Tell Julie was your first business. Yeah. It was your first online business. Yes. It was essentially a sales, one sales page for a service. Yes. Um, for a job to be done, which right. was overdue invoices. And how did marketing that go? I did nothing. It was nuts. It was nuts. So I... So what happened? Do you, how do you go from nothing to full-fledged business and audience? So I'd never even been on Twitter. And I was like, I guess I should set up a Twitter account maybe. And so I set up a Twitter account and I tweeted about it. And then somebody I know tweeted about it. And then next thing I know, somebody with a huge following, and I couldn't even tell you who it was now. Do you remember who it was? I don't know. It so, could have. It's. I think it started with Philip Morgan. Philip Morgan tweeted it, but somebody like and people started tweeting it, bigger, retweeting it. So, like somebody big tweeted it. And this Sorry, happened in how many like it was weeks, like hours, one to two days. Okay, it was very very quick. So a literal viral, it a literal viral. overnight viral success. Somebody tweeted it, and next okay. thing I knew, I had a full email list. I had people reaching out to me, and I was able to get enough work where I could quit my nine to five job. Okay. So you had the dream and this is what most people hope for. This is, I've seen this happen literally twice and yours is one of them. I mean, it's just unreal. Yeah, it was nice. I have tried, we have managed it with goofball microsites, but trying to recreate that success is almost impossible. Yeah. It's like lightning in a bottle. Yeah. I mean, just the timing. The right person the right at per- the right time. Yeah. And it isn't something you can count on. Right. All right. So back in, so that brings us up to, we blew up Just Tell Julie. Mm-hmm. You started a new business for the audience's Disney World first timers. It's called www.com, mm-hmm. which the name is because it's impossible to get a good domain name. Right. Yeah, everything Disney is taken is what okay. I learned. Yeah, with domain names. Yeah, they're yeah, they're all taken. And we just we double your WDW was available and it had kind of an interesting alliteration and it's a little bit of like a an open loop where if you if you said I'm a dog lawyer full stop someone has to go oh I got to know more. Uh-huh. Double your WDW has a little bit of that effect. Okay, what happened when you launched that site? Nothing. All right, and this is what happens to the majority of people. Yeah. I was like, how come people aren't immediately liking this? Because that was my previous experience. But so what I, was, mean, I mean, I knew not to expect that. But that, you know, it's hard to not. You're excited about it. You're like, why isn't everybody else excited about it? Yeah, initially, no. Like, I launched it and nothing happened, obviously. And then I'm like, all right, Facebook page, Instagram page. And like some of my family and friends were like, sure, I'll throw you a bone and follow you. And yeah, other than that, really... So in that time, we'll say that's like the first week yeah. after launch, which really just means you connected the domain name, you took the password off your Shopify store, it's launched. You now enter the phase that most people don't know about. It's called brand activation. The brand by itself is meaningless until you, like a like Pinocchio or a Gollum, you breathe life into it and people attach the meaning to it. Mm-hmm. And that was your experience here. Um, so in those first two weeks, how many, and you added these social media campaigns. Yeah. How many likes, subscribers, follows did you get just to put this in perspective? Uh, on Facebook or whatever. You got uh, all of them. Very little, very few. Define it. Oh, 
quantify it in the first week. Yeah, just I on Facebook, some friends, so like fifteen maybe. Okay, fifteen people followed on Facebook. Uh, Instagram is a little bit easier just because of what I'm doing. Like Disney World has a huge following. Just people love Disney World are obsessed with Disney World. So I on Instagram had a little bit of an easier time, but that's not necessarily my audience. So that's where I struggle with Instagram. So I can get people to follow me because they're like, I love Disney. She loves Disney. Like I'm going to follow and look at Disney photos, but it's not necessarily my audience. So I have a following on Instagram. It's not huge, but I'm trying to build it. All right. So recapping this timeline here, you had a successful business that was a literal overnight viral success. Mm -hmm. You grew to hate it. Yes. So you were looking for a way out. You start planning a Disney vacation, which was a literal almost 12 month process Mm -hmm. and more like nine, 10 months. And in that time, you get really good at it and into it. I was excited planning. Like how I knew did you, even when we were planning, I was like, this is what I want to do. So even so, how did you know that you wanted to build a business out of it? What what was that moment? What did that look like? I don't know when exactly it was. Um, but during the planning process, which like you said, is about a year with Disney, like booking everything. And then Disney requires you six months in advance to book restaurant reservations and two months in advance to book ride stuff. And you have to like really have an itinerary and you have to have stuff planned out way in advance. So I knew even before we left, I was like, this is something I want to do. And the trip that you're referring to, we went with my entire family. So like brothers, their kids, my parents, grandparents, and I ended up sending like huge emails like group emails to everybody being like hey guys just like fyi like a big long like i'm fairly certain they all thought i was insane i was like here's tips for the dining plan here's tips for rides here's when you should be doing this and that and like i'd send out texts like fyi tomorrow you got to get up and book this stuff and like i had spreadsheets and i was like crazy about it because i love it so i don't know when exactly it happened but it was before we even left and when we plan, when you plan that Disney World trip, which was m- both of our first trips since being children, so our first adult trips, how how many people were you planning for? There were sixteen of us total. Okay, going. So this was a big trip. Yeah. So this required serious planning. Yes. All right, and people appreciated that. And then what I started saying, all right, you got to these. You were just whole hog dove into podcasts, books, yeah, yeah, blogs, yeah. new, etc. Yeah. And every night I'd come home and you'd be like, all right, here's the recap. Yeah. Here's what I learned today. Here's the tips. And yes. I was into it. Um, and you started writing. I said, you got to write this stuff up. And it was when you started, when you were like, oh, so-and-so that I know is going to Disney. And you Jay Myers forward, from Bold Apps. You were like, I'm going to forward him your emails if that's okay. And like when you did that and his response was like, oh, this is so helpful. I'm like, yeah, like I can help okay. people with this. So really that was validation. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And then I remember we were walking through Port Orleans Riverside in Orlando, the Disney Resort. And I was like, you, I'm like, this trip is going so well. You need to share that. I was so happy with how our trip went. Yeah. Because I did, I knew I'd enjoy it, but I didn't find, think I'd be like so into it and it would go so smoothly. I said, you got to share this with people. Mm-hmm. So how did you go from, so all right, now you have the idea, June, mm-hmm. the website launched mm-hmm. when? Uh, gosh, early September. Early September. Yeah. What did you do in between? I wrote nonstop. Like it was just nonstop coming up with content, just writing, 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 just anything and everything, because there's so much out there that's just like Disney blogs and 
people who love Disney, but trying to find one place when you're just like, I don't really know what I'm doing and I'm trying to plan, that's harder to come by. So I was like, what do people need that they're looking for on, you know, 12 different websites? So for me, it was content trying to find as or trying to write as much information as I could. So you found, so it was number one, June to step one, find your passion, Disney world planning. Mm -hmm. Step two, uh, step two is either validate or find the pain. So we validated by the idea worked for our family trip and um, people outside the trip. So Jay Myers from bold. Thank you. Was a, found that information really valuable. I gave it to a couple other people who are also like, Oh, this is really good. Yeah. Um, Cause it was really like, here's a one sheet of what you need to know. And those are people who've been before. They're still like, this is really valuable. Yeah. Well, it changes so frequently too. And if you haven't been in a couple of years, like that's things are the way things work are so different. So like staying on top of stuff, if you haven't been even in five years, it's changed. Okay. All right. I like this idea. Um, so the content is not quite evergreen and you were running into a pain or problem in looking it up in that oh. all the info you needed. Well, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. It, I would find outdated stuff uh-huh. every, Oh, it was maddening. It was maddening. Like for example, I found this great article about this express bus that takes you from like your res- like you just pay a small fee and it's an express bus and it takes you from your resort to like a back entrance at the park. I was like, Oh my God, that's so cool. I love that. And I'm looking into it and I'm like, how come I can't find anything more mm-hmm. on this on Disney's web, like Disney's website? Like, all right, how, let me, let me verify the prices. And I couldn't find anything. And it took me probably 20 minutes of digging to find out that that was a, it was a program that they tested and didn't end up rolling out officially. So I found an article that was a couple of years old and that was all the blogger like wrote about was just like, this is a great thing. And then not so, but you know, it's on, when you look on Pinterest, that's what you find. And so it's, it was maddening. It was so frustrating to not have up to date information. So that was something when I was planning. So you had the passion and then you found the pain, Mm -hmm. which was there's a lot of information out there. Much of it's out of date and there's no like one good, easy resource. Right. And then weirdly, a lot of the sites are really bad. Oh, they're so bad. Like is it they're they're poorly designed. They're not easy to use. Yeah. Okay. So you knew where you could do better. Right. You could create up-to-date content, more accessible content, um, practical content for a defined audience, Disney World first-timers, ideally parents of young kids. So mm-hmm. you as the avatar. And then you knew you could create it better where it would be in a better uh, presentation, etc. Mm-hmm. All right. So I was on board with this idea. We had found it, found the, the, the twist on it, came up with the brand name, registered the domain name, and then you spent literally months writing. Yes. How yeah. many, how did you come up with the, how did you know what to write? What are the content ideas? Um, how much content did we launch with and why? Uh, well, I guess for what I wanted to write to at least get enough to launch, I was like, what are the basics that people need to know to book? So the first thing I did was like planning 101. So I went through like the steps of plan because planning for Disney World is a little bit different than planning for different vacations. So that's where I started was like, what are the 101 steps? And then I was able to build out that content. So, you know, if step one is picking a date or step one, you know, is building a budget. All right, well, let's talk about, you know, what does a budget include for Disney World? Step two is picking a date. Well, all right, well, what what does it look like month to month at Disney World? So I was able to like come up with what I felt were the steps for booking a vacation. And then I was able to expand on each of those 
in um, different articles and and really like dive into it. So that's where I started was just like, what do people who haven't been, what do they need to know? So it's just, I started with the need to know and we had that, I felt like we had enough to launch. And then from there, I'm able to like build out on other things, like either based on those steps or like just extra, because there's just, there's endless stuff to do there. So, so your content extras. map started with, all right, what is the basic stuff that's going to help people mm-hmm. get unstuck in planning their yes. trip? And then kind of map out from that. Bil- yeah, you can easily build okay. out from there. All right. And you did articles. You had other mediums as well. Yeah, I tried my hand at doing some videos which is fun. I'm not terribly comfortable in front of the camera, but uh, that, that's been something I've been playing with. And I really, really wanted to do a podcast. That one I've been having a lot of fun with is the podcast. Um, so I can just sit and like share my thoughts. And like the articles are great, but I feel like the articles are very factual. Like here are the resorts and here are the pros and cons to these resorts. And here's transportation at these resorts. Like it's just very factual. But if I'm doing a podcast, I can talk about those things and kind of expand a little bit about how I feel personally on these things. And I don't know, it just, it feels a little more personal to me. And so I, I have liked doing that. I think that's been a fun way to reach out to people. All right. And earlier, um, when you initially launched it in the beginning of September, um, and before then, when you were telling friends and family what you were about to do, mm-hmm. and when you announced what you had done, and you spoke to people one-on-one, what was the reaction you got? Um... So it wasn't full out negative. Like I won't say it was negative, but it wasn't terribly positive either. Like nobody in my family or none of my friends are going to be like that stupid. But at the same time, like I could tell there was hesitation. And to me, it felt like you gave up a successful accounts receivable business to play Disney. Like that's kind of how I, I took it. Um, and I won't say like who specifically, but there were definitely some people who I could tell were like side eyeing me on it. And I think it's really funny to me because when I was doing accounts receivable, nobody was like accounts receivable. But with Disney, I don't know why. Like, I guess my take on it maybe is that they're like, well, that's not a business business. Like accounts mm. receivable. It's like it's a you're working. Yeah, you're working with invoices and numbers. And so like that's you're doing a business. But with this, I'd say like the really the number one objection I've gotten is like, well, other people do that. Uh-huh. Like there are other people who do Disney already. And like I get that, but other people do accounts receivable too. So like I don't know why like that was n- I never once heard that as an objection. Yeah, it's weird. If you said if you were to say, hey, I'm going to become a doctor, no one would say, yeah, but there's a bu- ton of doctors. Yeah. But if you say, I'm going to start X business, and let's say it's something that's already been done, that already exists. I don't like... Then they're like, well, yeah, but someone else does that. So there can only be one? Somebody else is always going to do it. Like, I guess that's the way I feel. Like, what are the odds you're going to come up with a profession that nobody else has done? Like, And if not, you it's... did, that's usually a red flag. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think I'm like, yes, other people have websites about Disney or talk about Disney, but I'm doing it my own way. I'm not a mommy blogger. I don't relate to mommy bloggers at all. I just don't. I'm not like I'm a Disney fanatic who, you know, just just talks about how much I love Disney. There are a ton of those and those are a lot of fun, but they're not really helpful for first timers. Like my aim is people who need help planning, who haven't been to Disney before, haven't been in a long time. Like I'm really trying to focus 
I'm focusing on just the one park because that's the other thing I've heard is like, you should talk about Disneyland. You should talk about Universal Studios. And it's like, no, I don't want to talk about those things. I want to really narrow it in to just this one park because that's where my expertise is. And I want to talk just to this specific group of people who need help. So you start off with um, a bunch of content. Mm -hmm. So content marketing and brand building and audience building Mm -hmm. to begin with. In doing those things, what did you find didn't work and what does work? Um, It's we're still trying to figure that out. Like working with Facebook ads has been one of the most challenging things And I really wasn't expecting it to be so challenging. So like the first ad that I did was a video. Um, And even though I'm not terribly comfortable in videos, I think they always, they turn out nice. Like once I get going, I'm okay. Um, But this, it turned out really nice. And it's me with my mouse ears and talking about Disney. But I think the failure with that is it felt too salesy. So like we we put it up and we did it as an, an ad on Facebook and it got nothing. And like, I'm not, that's not hyperbole, like it, like zero, like no one clicked on it. No one liked it. No one commented, nothing. So it got like nothing. It got no engagement, nothing. So then we tried playing with like, well, let's try boosting some posts on Facebook to see what so people... So promoted posts versus an ad. Yeah, yeah. And that seems to be doing quite a bit better. Like people, and I was just saying this morning, I was going through the different posts that we tried boosting. And one was about the podcast, which got like mediocre response. But then the one that got a big response was I wrote an article about strollers at Disney World, which seems terribly boring. But like if you are a parent with a child and want to go to Disney, a stroller is a huge deal because you're going to be walking a ton. And there's so many options. Like, do I bring a stroller, which means lugging on an airplane? Do I buy one when I get there? Do I rent one? And if I want to rent one, there are, you know, practical, 10 different The companies. most practical but boring yes. sounding thing <laughs> yeah. is what got the highest That engagement. was the thing that, like, looking at the clicks, that got the most clicks of anything was this post about, like, here are your stroller options. So I found that to be incredibly interesting um, just because, like, there are so many bloggers and people who write about Disney. But the thing that, like, people want is just for real information that is useful and helpful. And So content marketing-wise, salesy stuff, ad stuff didn't did work. Did not work at all. <laughs> practical, super yes. practical stuff drove clicks. Yep. Got eyeballs. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what else worked? Um, I'm also doing a giveaway right now. And which channel you've only talked about Facebook, Facebook, what yeah. other channels failed? What other channels work? Uh, I've tried YouTube and that's gotten very little traction. Okay. Um, so YouTube is, and, and I still would like to play with that a little bit. It works you know, too as a free way to host videos for the website. Yes. Yeah. So but as far cool. as like subscribers or, okay. or people liking the video, which channel has been most so successful? Much. Instagram has definitely been the most successful. I've gotten the most like interaction with people, um, most people following, most people liking, commenting. So by far, it's Instagram. How many followers? How quickly did you get on Instagram? I started my Instagram page, I think, like right when I launched. So early September. Okay. And we're just about to start October and I have just over a thousand followers. So in so it was, less than it a was month. Quick. 
you went zero to twelve hundred. Yeah. Followers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And but it. How'd you do it? It's. Uh, what is the key to in, you, of the plat the channels? The one you have nailed is Instagram. Instagram. What are the what's your your secrets? What's the strategy to a good Instagram marketing you strategy? You have to be really active on Instagram. Like I have a personal Instagram that I just like. Oh, what does really post, active mean? I post once a week, once a day, once I, an hour. I post daily once on Instagram. Daily. I post daily. I go through. I use hashtags. I use a ton of hashtags that are. I use some that are like big that like you know millions of people use. I use some that are are not quite as common. Like I really try and mix it up. I will click through on those hashtags and find other people posting using those same hashtags. And so I'll click through some of their stuff and I'll try and like, comment, I'll follow them if I think that they either they're either I find them interesting or I think that they might find what I'm doing. It's just like I try and get their attention by commenting or clicking or liking. So it's it's work. It's more work than I expected it to be on Instagram. Um, but it's it's working. It's been successful. So which works on Instagram? Photos, videos, or stories? What's the difference? Uh, well, photos, I try and it, I, I try and do something. I try and keep a theme with all my photos. So I'll post photos, Disney related and family related is like kind of my theme with photos. Keep so on brand. Yeah. So I'll post photos. I'll make sure to have a, a long caption where I'm talking about what I'm doing in the photo. Maybe I try and relate it um, also to Disney tips. So like this morning, I posted a photo of all of us standing outside the Haunted Mansion ride. And then once I explained what the caption was, I threw in like some Disney tips like, oh, you did you know you can skip the scary part of Haunted Mansion if you have a little one? So that's a tip not everybody knows. So I'm like, all right, we'll throw that in there. So um, is it a long description? It's it's a, it's in the caption. Okay. Yeah. And then either a call to action. Sometimes a call to action. Oh, I'm, I should be better about that. I'm not always good about that. Like, oh, double tap if you, you know, this or that. Or, you know, follow me if you want to see more of this or that. Or, you know. Um, and then hashtags. So that's what I do on the photos. You can also do stories, which I'm still, I think I'm getting better at. I'm still figuring it out. So stories are just like a 15 minute window and they expire in 24 hours. So stories might be me filming myself for 15 minutes. So like I kind of briefly mentioned, we're doing a giveaway. So yesterday I filmed myself really quickly and I'm giving away tickets for um, the Christmas party they do at the Magic Kingdom. So I had on like my Christmas ears and I did like a real quick video of me talking about the uh, the giveaway. So that might be a good story. You can also do photos. Um, What's the advantage to doing stories versus just posting on Instagram? There's If you do a story, people will watch it because they know it expires quickly. So it's it a limited... a built-in sense of urgency. Yeah, yeah. It's a limited time thing that they want to look at. So you can add text to it. So I might hashtag giveaways. People are like, whoa, I got to check this out really quick. So that's kind of what I do with the stories on Instagram. Facebook has stories too, but I've never found them to be as useful as Instagram. I've heard a lot entirely about social media here. <laughs> and just tell Julie had a newsletter, an email list. That yeah. was um, advantageous. That worked well. Mm -hmm. What's the difference? Email versus social. Do I care about email? 
What am I doing? Yeah, well, that's the whole goal of this giveaway that I'm doing. So first, I wanted to build a following on social media so that I'm like a for real person who knows what she's talking about. Like, look, she has 1,200 followers. Like, clearly, she knows what she's talking about. So, so social media adds social proof. Yes. And is an exercise in personal branding and brand activation. Yes. Okay. Yep. And so from there, I'm like, all right, because I don't have a big email list right now. So that's step two for me. I'm trying. First, I wanted to get social media going at least on one platform. I'm like, all right, I got there on Instagram. So I want to use that following on Instagram to try and get email addresses from people. So to do that, that's why I did the giveaway. All right, talk to me about the giveaway. So for the giveaway, I I see a ton of giveaways on Instagram, um, but they're always small potatoes. And it's always like, oh, just, you know, like like this post and and tag a friend. What's a when you see entry. a giveaway on Instagram? What is a typical monetary value of that giveaway? Uh, if I had to guess, like twenty, thirty bucks. Okay. I mean, I don't know for sure, but so like you call those small potatoes. Yes. What's the monetary value of what you're giving away? Probably three hundred fifty dollars. All right. So what I are you think? giving away for three hundred fifty bucks? Two tickets to Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party, which is um like one of the big parties that they do. Like people go nuts for this party at Disney. Disney World and um, uh, Tactical Baby Gear, who uh, is their company who does um, baby carriers and diaper bags. But the idea is that like, oh, it's not just like a girly diaper bag. They have a similar audience. They see what I'm doing and they appreciate what I'm doing. And so they were like, oh, we'll throw in a bag. So that's like another hundred dollar value. So I've added that to the giveaway as well. Okay. And how did you get them to do that? I was talking to uh, the guys at Tactical Baby Gear and just in discussion, we were like, we have a similar audience. We could share this email list. So it'll be like a co-sponsored giveaway where I'm giving away the Disney items. They're giving away the bag. And then together, like we will share this email list. So both of our email lists grow by doing this giveaway. Okay. And how is the... Yeah. How long do you run a giveaway for? I know I get you're giving um, something that's hundreds of dollars of value is directly related to your audience yeah. and your offering um, to get people's attention, to make it worthwhile, because it is tough to get email addresses. It is. How long do you run the giveaway for? <laughs> I'm going to run this one for 30 days. This is the first time I've done a big giveaway like this. So we'll see how this one goes um, and maybe adjust accordingly after this. But I'm going to do it for 30 days. So end of October, I'm going to pick a winner. And we'll see even just, I mean, I've gotten quite a few email addresses, but even giving away this big ticket item, it's it's been hard to get email addresses. I thought I would have more. I'll, so you're gonna I'll run just it, say that. So the contest will run longer than a week. Yes. Or longer than a month. A little over a, a month. Li- yeah, I guess it is just a, little, over a, a little over 30 days. Yeah. Um, how many addresses, based on current performance, how many addresses do you expect to get? Mm, I don't know. Gosh. Well, let's see. Um, I've gotten, I'd say, 10 to 15 a day so far. So I don't know. So 10 to 15 a day. Yeah. And if you go yeah, low, like say it stays at 10 average. 300. Okay. Like so it is a good way um, to kickstart an email list. Yeah. Yes. And then so, if you do a subsequent giveaway, okay, now you're sharing it with that same audience. 
I think the trick with giveaways, so if you're going from zero or like, you know, 10 people on yeah. the list to hundreds. I hope so, yeah. All right, so yeah. now the next giveaway, you've grown the audience, you mm-hmm. run the give another giveaway, say one every quarter. Yeah. And then it will snowball. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping. So again, this is like a year-long effort. It is not the overnight success that people no, want No, no, and it's, <laughs> it's, it's very different than my last business in that like, it, not only is it not an overnight success, but I, you know, I'm spending money now. Like I'm not making money back yet. Uh-huh. Like I'm not at a point where I'm profitable. While I have okay. made a little bit of money, I'm not profitable. And you have, have you borrowed money to do this? Are you, do you have investors? Uh, You're just no. spending your own money. Yes. Uh, this makes I, you a bootstrapper. <laughs> And they call it bootstrapping because you're pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. That is so ridiculous. Why do you say it's ridiculous? Well, I am lucky enough to be in a position where I can do this. I have every advantage. What are your advantages? Well, I'm married to somebody who, if I don't ever make money doing this, like our power is not going to be shut off. Right. Like you are able to provide for our family while I do this, Mm -hmm. while I work on this. So that's one thing. Um, Also, I, I have the knowledge for the website. Like I can churn out content all day long. So you That's know how not to write. An issue. I know how to write. You know how to do the SE, the keyword research. You I know can how to do all that, but put the, the articles together. The technical stuff, I don't know. I don't know. Like I, if this, if I did not, if I was not married to somebody who could build me a website, I it wouldn't come together. Right. So I did not have to pay you to build me a website. Right. And my theme setup, figure that website for me to put that together. Where you someone off the street would be ten thousand dollars. Yeah. So it's already unfair advantage. One yeah. has a monetary value of ten thousand dollars yeah so number two you talked about the in the giveaway you're talking to beef brody from tactical baby gear Mm -hmm. well you know beef brody from tactical baby gear yes who also shared your stuff on social media yes i met him personally because you know him because you worked with him so it's like and we went to his office in hilton head yeah so there are business contacts that you have um, through Shopify that I wouldn't normally have. Like I would, I wouldn't even know where to begin. There's even parts of the website and services we get for free. Because yeah, of it's so okay. Now we've got we've rattled through just three or four unfair advantages you already have. So I'm it's like sure there are more. Is, I'm not thinking of too. Like it's bootstrapping. Is I think bootstrapping is fine and good, but you have to acknowledge that all bootstrappers are not starting in the same no. position. All are not created equal. No, no. So I, I don't know how anybody just starts a business. I really don't, unless they have like serious cash just already in the bank and advantages. I yeah, I don't. I don't know how you would do this otherwise. Like I fully recognize that I'm very lucky to be able to do something that I'm passionate about. And like, yeah, it's costing me money right now, but it's not costing me what it would if I was somebody else. Yes. Okay. Sure, so. So. Is that a problem? Do you do something about it or do you just acknowledge it and move on? For me personally? Yeah. Well, I... (laughs) You brought it up. You said bootstrapping is ridiculous. That implies it's an issue. It is an issue. It is an issue because we live in a country where, like, we all have to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. Yeah, that's the American dream. The American dream. But the American dream, like, I'm lucky enough to be a white woman, you know, married to a successful white man. It's just not reasonable for everybody. You're saying it doesn't hurt to be white. No, it does not. No, it's... Yeah, I I (laughs) don't know what really brought the room down with race. I know, I'm sorry. It's true, and I fully acknowledge that. It's... It's, I'm one-eighth Hispanic, thank you. Okay. <laughs> well, 
There you go. Okay, so what's next? You've so far it sounds like you've spent some money to grow an audience. Yeah. You had some advantages to build the store. Uh-huh. You've created a ton of free content. Yes. How do you monetize it? <laughs> this is the thing everyone comes up with the product first and tries to sell it, then creates the content and the audience afterward. You've done it the other way. Well, kind of. Kind of. Like when so when I was thinking about doing this and I was nervous to even tell anybody, but I had all these ideas in my head. And so I'd been brainstorming it for months, I think even before I told you, like I've really been thinking a lot about this. And I knew I was like, there. starting with planning when you don't know what you're doing is overwhelming because you're looking at a bunch of different places. So my first idea was to come up with an ebook that I could sell that was like, let me just break it down and make it very simple. And like here, like get everything from all these different sources so that you don't have to search for it. So it's like a, a convenience thing. So I'm selling the convenience of okay, of like how to book. So you're doing info so products, not physical goods. Right. You're going to sell. Right. So that's the first thing. You're going to sell have. info products. Yeah. And like some affiliate links, but that's yeah. real, that's like a yeah. long term play. Right. Um, possibly sponsorships on a podcast. Mm-hmm. So there's stuff down the road to add, to monetize the content. Yeah. And there's info products that play to the content. Yeah. And I have like I have more in my brain that I haven't gotten out yet. But yeah. Why info products versus physical goods? <laughs> well, something I know I can do. I know I can write. I know I'm a good writer. And I know... That's another unfair advantage. I can write, but it's like pulling teeth. Most <laughs> people can't write to save their lives. You can write I, and it's easy for you. I don't think of it as an issue. And I think if more people, the way you I You got to acknowledge think, that as an unfair advantage. I refuse. Uh, the way I Most think people of can't writing, do it. Okay, if people can talk, they can write. Here's how I think of it. If you are telling somebody about your vacation, having a conversation with them, then you're able to write. When you're writing, just think of yourself talking to another person. You're telling a friend how to book their vacation. You know, it I sounds silly, that's, but that's how I learned to write as well. That's how I write. That's how I've all, and I had no idea I was a good writer until other people told me I was a good writer. I like, I didn't, I did not realize that that was something that people couldn't do, but that's how I do it whenever I'm writing anything. Like, I think of it, if I'm explaining it to you, I'm going to sit down and explain something to you. How would I say it? And that's how I write it. I think that, that tip is worth its gold. So you are, um, you're one month into owning a Shopify store. Mm-hmm. What keeps you up at night about your business? I'm right now. I'm worried that the audience that I have isn't going to buy the product that I have for sale. That's my concern. And so I think I need to really look at who ends up signing up for my newsletter and being on my newsletter and what do those people need and just adjust accordingly. And how do you do that? I don't know. I guess once I get more of a following, maybe just ask them in an email. Just like, yes. like what are you? Yeah. Like, what are your pains? Because the people, it's a customer development survey. And you know, and things may change as I get more of a following. But the people right now who are following me, you know, when I look at the Instagram following, because that's where most of my followers are, they all are Disney fanatics. So the product that I'm currently selling is like really like level one, how to get started. Like I've never been to Disney. And a lot of people, when they go on vacation, yeah, yeah. When people go on vacation, like if you're not somebody who is able to go on vacation every year, you know, really, or if you're not able to go on vacation at all, you can go on one vacation your whole life. Most Americans are going to be like Disney. 
So for a lot of people, going to Disney is like their one and only big vacation. So that's who this book is aimed for. But the people who are following me and signing up for my newsletter aren't necessarily like level one people. So what keeps you up at night is a chicken and egg problem related to content versus offering versus audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good way to put it. So I think I need to just, once the list grows a little bit more, I will reevaluate. But that's what I worry about right now is that I have a product that maybe doesn't fit the audience. The audience. You're okay. So I might need to just like rework things or offer I different think products. Just being cognizant of it already puts you in an advantage. So what would be, if you had to go back and start over, if you had to go to yourself five weeks ago, uh-huh. what would be your number one tip for yourself? What would you have done differently? Um, maybe just don't be so hesitant about things. Like, it like was, what? Well, it was hard for me to even, because I, the reaction initially was like, like for friends and family was lukewarm. Yes. At best. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe just like, like, it's fine. Don't listen to them. Just keep chugging away. And they're not your audience. So why listen to them? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. What would be for other now for other merchants? What would be your number one tip to someone with a Shopify store who's in a similar position? You know, they're in their first six months, maybe 12 months. Don't freak out if nobody's listening. I often feel like I'm talking to a wall, you know, like I'm writing all this stuff and it's like, is anybody even reading this? Like I'm writing and writing. And like, I'll post it on Facebook or whatever, and I'll update my website. And I am often very proud of the content that I come up with. But then I'm like, I don't know that anybody's even read this. So don't get discouraged, I think would be my I mean, we're a month in. Google has not even indexed the entire site yet because of the sheer volume of content you created. Yeah. So I think yeah, you have to be looking long term. And especially when, you know, the cornerstone of your marketing strategy is content marketing. It's really it is planting a garden. Yeah. So you may not see all the stuff like the roots underneath it's the ground. It's hard now. at first though. Like I find myself compulsively checking my phone. Like uh oh. How many people have listened to my podcast today? So that doesn't move many- the needle on the business. No, it doesn't. But I mean I'm a human being and I can't right. help it. So but I guess I'm learning to not be so discouraged when I don't see the movement that I want to see. Where can people go to learn more about you? www.wdw.com. Uh, and on Instagram. And on at, Instagram. At www. Or Facebook. I'm on, I'm on all of the social. Okay. So, I, hear, the social. <laughs> I hear our baby waking up from her nap. Yes. That was... That was very good. Shared a lot. It was open and vulnerable. Yeah. I you know, it. I should come back on in like a year. We I will think. do a follow-up. What's the date? We'll do like a follow-up in a year, I think. We'll do a follow-up October 1st. Okay. 2019. Okay. I'm All right. Excited. Good work, wife. All right.